We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. I think the most important Liverpool question is whether or not you have Mohamed Salah. Uh, that would be the that would be the most. I think that's going to be one of the two most popular questions. The other one being Firmino, which me which says to me, I want to, I want Mane as the differential. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit RotoWire.com/soccer. And now here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Oh my God, let me start over. Good start. Good start. <laughs> I was just talking to people about prod environments, like production environments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it became a podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, Premier League Edition, episode number one, season 2018 slash 2019. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird, who, unlike everybody else, gets no rest between seasons. He's been busy doing MLS and World Cup, uh, DFS, and all sorts of stuff. So, Andrew, I'm sorry you got no break, but I feel refreshed, and I'm I'm just going to be peppy and annoying probably to you for the entirety of this podcast. I'm looking forward to it, man. 
<laughs> well, uh, so a little bit of housekeeping here. So obviously, uh, at least I mean, I've been on a decent-sized break. Uh, so uh, I apologize for all of uh, you that have mi- that have missed me and have not been able to hear me. And for those who did not want to hear me, I don't apologize at all. You should love me and you should want to listen to me all the time. So I will spend this season trying to win everybody over with my uh, non-facts and opinion opinion-based uh, uh, op- opinion-based uh, analysis. So that's really that's really what I'm here for. And of course, Andrew, as always, is here with the facts, with the knowledge and with the know all. So, Andrew, um, this season we will be you know, changing it up a little bit, you know, mostly you know, a little bit because of external factors here. Um, so nice way to put it. it. Yeah, external factors is. Yeah, it's a nice way of putting it. So, yes, uh, obviously, you've heard me rail for years now against the official game and lo and behold we will be focusing uh on it pretty heavily this season and you know with the like especially with the news you know taga still unknown about uh 2018 2019 um i think we've both sent feelers out you know we you know as of right now that i believe the official word still is is that it's unclear right the right there's no official word right now um we're taping this on july 20th so it's about three weeks to the day of the open of the Premier League season, which isn't—I mean, which is plenty of time for people to draft and do all of that. Uh, but a lot of people uh, would prefer to have at least their league set up at this point. So they're um, with with no word from Taga, it's uh, it gets a little difficult. And so I've been on some Twitter questions about you know other uh, places to play, and there are plenty of other options. Uh, FPL is obviously one of them, and they have their own draft game that they started last year. Uh, the scoring is exactly like the regular FPL game, which uh, is something that has opened up the door for other draft for draft leagues that use kind of different scoring because uh, as you, I can't remember, you may have m- mentioned once or twice on this podcast, but you don't really like the FPL scoring. Uh, no, I, I do not. And so uh, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I think it's a little um, restrictive, if you will. Con- it's restrictive and convoluted. Um, it, it, it that's a, that's actually a really good way to say it. Yeah. Um, the, the, I actually don't mind a format uh, like FPL that is so dependent on goals and assists and clean sheets. Like I think they're, I think that's okay. Uh, it's the bonus point system that I find uh, difficult to appreciate because while the bonus point system is based on other statistics, uh, clearances, blocks, interceptions, the infamous CBIs, uh, they only total passes. What's that? I think there's total passes. Total in there passes, too. sure. Yeah. Uh, but what I always found weird is that they uh, they only give three a game, three three bonus points a game, or two three people a game, and uh, the goals and assists kind of count towards that, which. Mm-hmm doesn't really mean they're bonus. Um, they're just kind of more goal points. But uh, Actually, I, I think technically that's, that's the definition of bonus. It's something on top of what you're already getting. Right. So Fair I, enough. I think, it, I, I, that, I think in that regard, it's the only thing that's a bonus. Right. <laughs> um, but it's the most popular fantasy game in the world, and I appreciate that. I mean, I, I took it very seriously last year for the first time. Uh, as seriously as you can for somebody who was also trying to do it without uh, Kane, Aguero, and Lukaku. And um, I had a decent finish, um, not as great as I would have hoped for somebody who tried to 
dedicate a lot of time to it. I can't remember where I finished. I think it was somewhere in the 70,000s, but um, I I think we should try to win it this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to rail against all the things that I hate about it. And the first, I mean, the first thing that you'll hear me talk about with the week one lineup is going to be so hard uh, and that's okay, but it's hard for the wrong reasons. You know, there's so much uncertainty into week one lineups this season with the World Cup, but then you add on top of that the lack of a rolling, you know, a, a rolling window to make changes. Right. Because, of course, week one, Friday night. Yeah. So, you know, Friday you, day for us. Yeah, Friday day for us. Correct. So, you know, Friday during the day, you are going to have to have your entire week one lineup set with, I mean, you won't, we won't even, it might be fresh off the coach's Friday press conference, right? So we might get some ideas, but we won't get all of them as to who's who's planning on playing and who's not. And there's there's so many players from so many you know top six teams that people are going to be targeting that, to be honest, you're not going to know if they're going to be playing. And you're going to have you're either going to have to put them on your bench or you're going to have to try to do the the transfer system, right? So you'll you'll either do your free transfer or even take a negative 4 in a couple of weeks or something like that to try to, you know, get the players you actually wanted, but you couldn't risk, you know, the week 1-0. Yeah, I mean, it's uh yeah. I think you that was, that's a very good summary. I'm not sure the the Friday game necessarily changes a lot uh just because like you said with no rolling lineup lock um you're kind of beat either way i mean the press conferences will be done before lock so i mean we'll do our best to uh kind of explain who's going to be in and out but the i think the the biggest issue and you kind of touched on it was uh we're not going to know who's playing early on and the world cup plays a big role of that in that guys coming back late from training so it's or back into training uh, and so we have this situation where there are guys that you're like, yeah, I, I definitely want this guy on my team. And it's like, well, you can't, you can't have that many guys from the World Cup on your team because you could be missing two or three games. Like there's mm-hmm. uh, a very good possibility that um, there it came out today that Harry Kane could miss the first two games for Spurs, which, you know, if when you look at the <laughs> schedule and you're like, oh, Newcastle and Fulham, like I want Harry Kane for that. For that but it's run. August. And uh, we'll talk, well, we'll it is also August. Later. Good point. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later. Yes. But uh, <laughs> just that there are guys who played in the World Cup. I mean, it's not everybody. I mean, obviously, the ones that were eliminated early can are, have been back in training. Uh, but it's something we have to consider that, you know, because of the limited number of transfers that you get, uh, at least in the salary cap format. And then, you know, when we get to the draft part, you know, I think that it's less of a, a hindrance. But um, it's going to be, yeah, the first few weeks are going to be pretty ugly. But on that point, I think if you fall behind early, you're not necessarily totally out of it because I think it's going to be a vast majority of people who kind of struggle early and those who are just staying on top of who's going to play um, that are going to succeed. Agreed. In that respect, I agree. This year, more than most, you know, uh, two years ago, it was if you didn't have Jamie Vardy and Riyad Mahrez, you were done. Uh, you know, last year, if you didn't have Kane and Salah, you were done. Oh, I just, uh, you, were I fi- you were finishing in the 70,000s, thousands, if you will. <laughs> you were done. I, I think you're, and I don't think that's I don't think that's true. 
I mean, I think they're you're under underestimating the number of like mini leagues that people play and can win those formats oh, without. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking. Yeah, fine. In mini in mini leagues, of course. But I mean, when you're talking about trying to win the whole damn thing, you know, in uh, it, I just watched major league, so yeah. bear with me there. Uh, if you're gonna try to win the whole the whole thing, you know, obviously you're gonna need those guys very early. You're gonna need to jump on the guys who score the most points. Well, no, early. Kane early would have killed you last year. And the year before, and the year before. <laughs> I think, I think, I think when we're talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm when we're, t- yes, I mean, you admit two or three weeks of of no Harry Kane, fine, okay, I get it. I, th- I uh, think it, the, the the point you made about Mares and Vardy from two years ago makes a lot more sense than Kane. I mean, it was Salah last year, too, yeah, yeah, and so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of the things. I, I know that we have people who listen to this podcast for their season long MLS talk and. Um, one of the big changes for the game this year is how um, how quickly players' salaries move, and it's the total opposite in FPL. I mean, they, they barely yep. move the entire season. So that's actually one of those things that if you don't get them early, uh, you're not totally handcuffed by trying to pay up for them because the salaries really don't rise that quickly. Um, you just really have to say, like, if this guy's risen so much, is it going to keep going or is he going to keep producing more than I have to get it now because if the salary keeps going, then I'll never get him. So, But it, but it, it, to be honest, it doesn't matter. If it, if it's point one or point four, it's the same, right? It, you know, it, 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 everyone's tiered, right? So, sure. uh, you, you know, it does, uh, in that regard, uh, in fantasy MLS, I do like that. Someone can go from like a seven to an 11 in a week. <laughs> right, I'm saying like, 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 like they can just fluck they 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 can they they can vary greatly where the, yeah as you just said they do not here. Right. So 2 years ago using the MLS system like Mares would have eventually become the highest the most expensive midfielder and he wasn't close in FPL. Like you just you don't see huge jumps in even in tiers over the course of a season because I mean he was absurd I mean he was appropriately cheap because nobody knew <laughs> Like yeah. how good that team was going to be, and I can't fathom that anybody outside of Leicester had plenty, though had Mares and Vardy from day one. But, um, you know, you're catching up, but but you're not so out of it um, that and an added extra fun factor for this, uh, you know, for the beginning parts of the season. This is for every year. Um, players who are rumored on transfers, and you know the you know the player that we're going to eventually talk about would be like Eden Hazard. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he would ever get transferred on like a Friday night. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to I don't think you're going to get screwed that badly. But it is. But because of the way that transfers work in official FPL, you, you run the risk of having to burn a free transfer because your player is no longer playing in the Premier League. Uh, it's my understanding that the transfer window closes before the Premier League starts. The transfer window closes at the end of August. I don't think it does anymore. Oh, but if it clo- if it closes when the Premier League starts, then we're good. That's what I thought. Um, I, I thought that took place next year, not this year. What year are we in? 2018. Yeah. Um, I'll, let, I'll, I'll filibuster while you do that. So what we are going to talk about on on this podcast, at least what I'm going to you know run through Andrew here because he's you – know, I'm, I'm going to play the voice of the every fan trying to get into the official FPL game. Because that's what I am. Uh, I'm I'm somebody who is going to be doing this seriously for the first time. Because as I've mentioned, I, there are things that I really don't like about this about this game. However, those aside, I am going to put forth efforts uh, in both. You know, and we'll talk about both draft and both the the, the regular salary cap game as well. Um, 
but you know, I've I've put together four different kind of lineups with using four different kind of strategies, uh, and well, hopefully that will cover at least most of the bases, and then we'll just keep talking about as the season goes along individual things that we see or trends on teams as we continue forward. So, Andrew, is the is the transfer deadline for <laughs> the Premier League start? Uh, I we we were both right. Um, Premier League teams cannot acquire players after Thursday, August 9th, which is the day before the season starts. But it doesn't apply to any other league in the world. And so in your Hazard example, he can still leave after that date. They just can't, you know, Chelsea can't theoretically replace him after that date until January, of course. So, um, yeah, the risk that you described is still very much there. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think he's the biggest name of all the players that are, you know, potentially transferring out. Um, I, I, his ownership percentage is pretty low to my knowledge. Um, last time I checked, it wasn't as high as I thought it was. That's for sure. Um, and th- th- this could be one of the mitigating factors. So that's just. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly something to consider. Although, to be honest, by the time, like, I, I wouldn't have touched him anyway because I can't see him playing in the first match or two of the season. I mean, they made literally the, I mean, they played until the day before the final because they played in the third place game. And so I would be shocked if anybody from Belgium was, uh, to put it in perspective and, uh, Ingolo Conte is more selected by than Eden Hazard. Yeah. I think part of that is price. Although Conte might even play. (laughs) Correct. But But yeah, Hazard's still under 10%. In general. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's just something, it's just something to keep in mind. Like there's risk associated with a whole bunch of players. So, uh, should we get started with some teams, or do you want to? Is there other strategy stuff that you that we think that we need to go over before some teams? Um, I would prefer to talk strategy than teams, mostly because I I cannot believe you have come up with four different strategies. Um, four, because so, I thought mine of picking a team that will score the most points was a good enough strategy. Uh, but apparently uh-huh. not. But but how do you do that? Uh, with the players that I picked. That sounds like I, I really feel like we've just switched roles temporarily. Yeah, like, a little bit. <laughs> um, I uh, <laughs> uh, let me ask one question about your strategies before we even go into them. Um, the the one that is there one that you're more confident about, and if so, does it involve all cheap defenders? No, it doesn't. Actually, okay. good. I only did one lineup where it was basically. <laughs> I only did one line. I mean, I did one lineup where it was, you know, no one. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold was the most expensive defender at five okay, flat. So yes. So that so was one. Yes. But that's but that's but that's not my most confident strategy. Okay. Um, that, that that was that was my this was this was my stars and scrubs strategy. So I picked the three players. Right. I picked three players that like just boom all in right. So the, uh, you know this was my Mo Salah, Harry Kane, Romelu right. Lukaku. Like I got all the I got all the the the, the really heavy price guys. So my follow-up to that is, are all four strategies, was the team that was selected one that uh, would effectively be a set-it-and-forget-it lineup? No. I, I, I can't. I, I, well, like I, I'm saying like I we see we, that as a possibility. We, there's a, a, a decent possibility that Kane and Lukaku like, don't play in the first yeah. two games. Of course. Of course. So you wouldn't yeah. roster them that early. Well, but here's the thing, right? Because of the way that transfers work, I do not want to be taking negative four point hits, right? So even if I have to sit, you know, even if I have to sit it's a, them, it's for a four a point of- hit or eight point hit as you're now like thirty points back. 
after but two yeah, weeks. Uh, uh, all trade-offs, right? All are trade-offs, but you know, for for this, these specific players, this was more of just talking about strategy versus rosters, right? You know, the strategy of having two very high-priced forwards and the highest-priced midfielder. Yeah, right. like right. You, like like you're spending, you're blowing more than uh, more than a third of your budget on three guys. Okay. Right. Yeah. And this is the stars and scrubs method. Like what, 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 who are the players that I would identify when you are, you know, and it's not, a couple of them are not complicated. Like everyone's going to target these guys. So, you know, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, you know, reinventing the wheel here, but you know, Marco Arnautovic is going to be one. He's yeah. If he, if he's not up in the top five, I think he was last time I checked, but for forward selected, I believe that he's going to be in the top five. Yeah, he is. He's number five. He's 22.8% owned because he's seven flat and a forward and a forward who is probably going to actually start as a number nine yep. relatively quickly. Sounds like there it. are, there are, I've seen rumors. I can't see, I, I'm not going to say that they are strong, but that like teams like Manchester United are interested in Mark. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is insane. Even I am like, this is shenanigans. It's not going to stop me from rostering Arnautovic, but if he, but that ruined it, him. If if he goes to Manchester United, he's done. He's no longer, mm-hmm. and I think the numbers will reflect that. He'll go down to like five percent owned. Okay, but but you know, in as I mean, and we have to kind of talk about it as they're currently constituted a little bit. Um, you know, Marko Anatovic and Wilfred Saha, also seven flat, are two forwards that I think they're going to be in almost everybody, not almost everybody's lineup, but I mean, they're going to be both like. You know, top five, top, 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 top ten. Yep. I think Zaha's number three. I think at thirty percent. Yeah. And Arnautovic is fifth at twenty-two point eight right now. So I mean, it's those two are going to be the budget forward options that everyone is going to flock to. Right. I think that's what it is. That every year we see there are certain forwards that everyone needs to get in. Last year it was actually Firmino, um, and, he's and he's still pretty cheap. And um, he's still. I, I I wrote I wrote something to you, and I'm like. Give me Firmino, you know, on almost every lineup. Right. I think everyone is going to have him. I mean, 9.5 to start the season with that, with the team that he's on. I mean, it should be enough. I think the only yeah. thing that would possibly push it is if it come, becomes clear that he's not going to play early well, in the season, but Brazil I, was eliminated I, I, yeah. early enough. that. Not only that, he didn't start. That's true. Yeah, right. He came off the bet. He, he, right. he subbed. So I, the, the, I don't see him being a, a, a potential a rotation at first. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. Because yeah. he did not start, he he did he did have to be there. So he he, he but it was more of a he kept in shape versus he was overworked. Right. Um, we the the popular conversation last year was basically that you needed high priced forwards. It, it applied much more in in draft formats because there are only so many of them. But uh, it feels to me that uh, and I did it last year with basically not paying up for forwards much. Um, without Kane and without Lukaku and without Aguero. Uh, and looking at the f- available forwards this year, I think that's a reasonable strategy again. Well, those, well, having those two guys who I just referenced, you know, Marko Arnautovic and Wilfred Zaha as inexpensive forwards, uh, I'm more inclined to agree with you this year more than most. I would put Firmino in that group. I eat Firmino's 9.5 is fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think an underrated asset going into this season is going to be Sanctosun at seven flat as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it depends on what transfer things happen with Everton because they're rumored to be interest, very interested in Danny Welbeck, and that might ruin both of them. Well, continue to ruin Welbeck, but it, could, <laughs> it, it, it would potentially ruin 
um Tosun. Tosun. Um I I guess. I guess. Uh the the so one thing that I like to look at and try to project is the fixtures. Right? So who are you playing in the first three weeks, first four weeks? Some people do six weeks. I think that's way too far. Um I don't think that's... I respectfully disagree that it's too far, if only because transfers are so limited. They are they are limited, but what I'm saying is, is it's, it is it is way too hard to predict what's going to still be true five weeks from now in the Premier League. I, I agree with you in some respect, uh, but I think that has less to do with the team that the player is on and more about the opponents. Like... No matter what happens, um, we're still going to be avoiding games against Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, probably. And so, eight weeks at thirteen weeks out, like I think, um, like I, I don't know. I, I don't see it being quite as drastic. I mean, obviously, I, thirteen is dramatic, but I think six to eight is a reasonable place to look, mostly because at some point you're going to have to get these guys off the team. Like we talk about Zaha um, game weeks, 10 through 13 are Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United. And like, you're not going to not take him now for that. But once it gets closer, you're going to have to start thinking like, will I be able to get him off my team uh, in enough time to avoid those four matches? Cause I think yeah. you'll want to. Avoid so, them. so, uh, so the reason why I'm so bullish, uh, I want to get as much Everton as I can. If, if I'm going just by the fixture list, yeah, this is the, I mean, their fixtures in through till October. There's really not much there that mm-hmm. scares you. Right. So, you know, even the first game in November is Brighton. But the only top six teams that they face through through until November are Manchester United at Manchester United. Not easy. And at Arsenal. Yeah, that's, that's through it. game week. Eleven. Brighton is. Yeah. Game week 11. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, though, and. With Marco Silva, who I've been a fan of for a long I mean, since I've seen him at Watford, mm-hmm. so uh, and I thought he was perfect for Southampton. I have no idea what Southampton are doing. <laughs> so it's with, with the right. I think this is the right manager. He's got some talent there, some talent that's either returning from injury or it's just un, under under realized under uh, uh, under previous leadership. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Gilfie Sigurdsson, I think, is going. I've been trying to fit Gilfie Sigurdsson into a lot of lineups because I think that Marco Silva is the kind of guy who can unlock or continuously utilize Sigurdsson correctly. I agree. Uh, but, I mean, Everton, their first three games are at Wolves, home to Southampton, at Bournemouth. That is as soft as soft gets, even with two road games. Gets even better. They're home against Huddersfield after that. Yeah, and uh, home against Huddersfield, home against West Ham. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, this is, I mean, this, this is the softest of the soft. Yeah with a team that actually has talent to perform. And I mean, not for nothing, but they did just recently win 22 to nothing. <laughs> that is literally nothing. That is not, not for nothing. That is nothing. Um, the goalie stopped moving. He, yeah. Did you actually, did you actually watch the highlights? I at saw all? the, the one where he finally just turned his back and let them score. I mean, it was like a fifth division. I don't even remember what Austria, country it was. Austria. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the difficulty with Everton is, uh, and I actually tweeted this out, today that I went to I was working on my team and I went to submit it and I got the alert that I had too many Everton players (laughs) Uh, which is weird because I didn't I wasn't all that 
like I I also had the thought of like I need to get a lot of Everton and I like kind of plugged a few guys in just to fill. And it's like I'm not sure who you really want from Everton other than Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um Jordan Pickford happened to be one and so like now I have one spot left and it's like I'm not going to play so Sigurdsson and Walcott. Um I had two defenders. That's basically where I ended up. And so I tossed one of them. But like it's it's a weird I thought that it's like, "Oh, I need Everton. Look how great this schedule is and I know I'm getting Sigurdsson and the other two are just kind of like whoever." <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, the other team that I see is, you know, having a very good opening set of fixtures after at, at, but but only after week 1. We run into kind of the same problems that we're talking about is Manchester City. Mhm. You know, I want as many shares of Man City as I can, but uh, after week, I mean, their first game is at Arsenal, which is unfortunate, but they won that, I think, that fixture 3 0. Yeah, I have no problem. Um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, they should, I mean, hot knife meets butter. But um, Manchester City, though, I, I, Riyad Mahrez transferring into Manchester City has made it even more complicated. And also the fact that they have so many players returning from the World Cup, you don't know who's going to play. Yeah, I think. When I went through my team, like I have a completed team right now, I have zero Man City, and it's I not have... obviously ahead. it's not because I don't think they're going to be good. Um, but the problem is that like everyone's kind of expensive. Uh, really, the guy like I I probably was not going to go the Sane, Sterling, Mares, Silva, De, De, uh, De Bruyne is probably the only one I was going to consider, and like who knows if he's going to play early. Yep. Um, but I really don't like the the. The only guy I was really comfortable with was Aguero, and I'm not even really that comfortable with Aguero. Um, so the one the one player who has found his way into almost every single one of my lineups that I created, you know, just as like strategy sessions, uh, is Benjamin Mendy. Sure, and and it's because I believe I I, I don't think people remember how good he was when mm-hmm. before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. It was so fun to watch, and he was so dominant as a left back. And his selected by percentage is still minuscule. I think think part of that is just that there's no, you know, we just haven't seen what how they're going to line up. Like, there's no guarantee that he starts right away. Oh, I, I, I can't, I can't believe they're going to put like Delph on at left back. I, I agree, but. I mean, his team hey, just won he, the World he Cup. He never played. But he didn't but play. But he Cup. didn't play. No, but that's a, that that's that was that's some of the best training that he's probably going to be able to get in the off season. It is. <laughs> he was. He anyway. I agree. Benjamin, with you. I think Benjamin Mendy has had plenty of time to get fresh. I agree. But he's the player that's found his way into a lot of my lineups, and and again, after I mean, a, I mean, after Arsenal, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty solid uh at home against huddersfield at wolves home to newcastle home to fulham at cardiff home to brighton mm-hmm. i mean that's yeah, awesome. through that's through september mm-hmm. I mean, you're you, i mean you got to get to october until you start getting some harder fixtures like liverpool burnley and spurs which are all back to back to back so <laughs> and then i think they have united in november too i mean yep. they have a tough fall they have a tough fall schedule but i mean that i mean that summer schedule is great mm-hmm. i agree i think yeah ultimately it, but it's gonna be one of those why, things that's why, I want, that's why i want the defenders and i'm also all in on ederson too uh, i would take ederson as my goalkeeper at five at five five i think the 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 weird thing about man city uh and we're gonna see this 
like throughout the season. And it's kind of one of the things that makes FPL kind of frustrating is everyone's going to worry about Man City, City rotation. And you're going to be like, well, I took this guy. And it's like, oh, man, I, I had Sterling and now he's not starting. Or I had Sané or Silva, literally any of them. And Aguero or, or Jesus. Right. And, and you look at the end of the season and they're all in the top 10 in scoring. And it's like the guys that you picked instead of the Man City guys because you were like, oh, I just don't know when they're going to play are the ones who are like way down the list because yeah, you need you, you need the MLS switcheroos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you're like, you know, I, I don't trust uh, Leroy Sané's playing time, so I'm going to play, you know, Willian or Alexis. And it's like, okay, yeah. but by the end of the season, the Man City guys have all the points. And doubly frustrating, right? Because, because of the way FPL also works, which it should work this way. This is not a problem with the platform. just want to make that clear. I have plenty of problems with it, but this is not one of them. So just because they don't start doesn't mean they won't play either. Yep. Right? So like Riyad Mahrez, if he doesn't start, he may come in in the 70th minute and do nothing. You'll get one point. Mm-hmm. And you know, even if you try to do like the, the quote-unquote handcuff, right? You try to get Sané and Mahrez, for example. I'm not saying that's a true handcuff, just potential. Um and what, and you pick the wrong one to start. The other one starts, and but the other one comes in as the sub, right. and the, and the the starter gets eight points, and your the guy who you pick gets one. Yep. Then you try the reverse next week, and the, the lineup is reversed the next week. Right. Yeah. I'm, Again, I, I, rolling that this this is that what I do what I don't like about it is what I don't like about it is the lack of rolling fixture uh, lock times. But you know, if someone doesn't play but does come in as a sub, you too bad. <laughs> I, yeah, and you know. I said that recently about how I think handcuffing is just not a good idea in in um, FPL draft. Like, it works a little bit in Taga. I mean, it works mostly in Taga. But uh, you're obviously using basically two roster spots for one guy. Like, I, everybody goes back to the Spurs fullbacks last year, and it's like if you had Serge Aurier and... Kieran Trippier is like, well, I, I just know I'm going to get something. And it's like, y- yes, you are going to get that guy, but it doesn't work in FPL because even with the Spurs defenders, like when Danny Rose starts, like Ben Davis still like came on every so often. And it's like, it if you're going to handicap, handy, no, handicuff, if you're going to handcuff. No, no, I like that. I, know, I like handicuff. handicuff. Handicuff is better. If you're going to handcuff, it works better with defenders, but it's still not a foolproof proof plan because like if they go up, then a defender can come on to hold the lead. And you know, anytime that there's a possibility that the guy that you are not playing could play, the handcuff is dead and you're just wasting a spot. True. True. But I still uh, think like the, obviously the guessing the man city rotation is going to be horrible, but these guys end up scoring all the points anyway. But I think, but I think if I, I think the safest way to invest in Manchester City early and getting those points from those fixtures is actually, you know, with Ederson and with defenders. I agree with you. I, I spent, but even the defenders I, are tough. If I'm wrong with Benjamin Mendy, then I'm wrong. But yeah. I, I, I cannot put logic to a reason why he would not be the permanent left back. You know, there is unless he's hurt, there's no one else. I agree with you. Yeah. I think there's because even if they go three in the back, he's an awesome wing back. Yeah, yeah, he might be even better as right. a wing back. Right. It just means that 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 means uh, that just means even less possibilities for guys like Sané. 
Exactly. Well, that's why Sané ended up playing. Like, Sané was not a starter last year until Mendy went down. And because and Mendy was basically the one who provided the width on the left, left side. And what we saw early in the season was Mendy, uh, Mendy's place in the lineup allowed them to play Aguero and Jesus. And I think, like, I actually think that's what how Pep wants to play. Like, I think he wants both of them. And we didn't see it a lot last year because Sané doesn't provide what Mendy does out wide. And so you need, you know, you have another forward in there now. So now you don't have a spot for Jesus or Aguero. But if Mendy's out there instead of Sané, you can play both those guys. Yeah. Yep. But I think even the, the Man City defense, like Mendy, I, I, I guess is the safest one. I think it could also be Kyle Walker, but like even the center back situation is kind of up in the air. Like Otamendi, Stones, Company, Laporte. Like there's there's yeah, a lot of guys for it, not a lot of spots. They, they they stabilized with Laporte and and Otamendi towards the end of the year last year. Those were the two guys that were that were preferred last year. Now with Company being healthy, that that's the only one that really throws a wrench in, into it. Really, I mean, John Stones did okay. He did okay for England. I mean, I, I everyone's here to say that you know England did very well and he was a part of it. He was okay. He was not the reason. Sure. Kieran Trippier was the reason. <laughs> I think it. Or Trippier or Trippier. Uh, I, I heard it all this summer yeah. and it was very frustrating, but very <laughs> also rewarding because that means I get to mispronounce things all the time too. I, I think once the season gets underway, it's going to be Laporte and Stones. Oh no, Otamendi. No, yeah, I don't think Otamendi is a regular. But as soon as the season like really gets going, explain. I mean, I'm intrigued. I I think they look at Stones and Laporte as their future, and I think they might as well just play them now. Otamendi. I think they, if they could get a decent offer for Otamendi, they would take it in a second. The only reason they have to keep him around so you, okay, is that so you, company think, so you think it's due to transfer, not because he'd be on the roster and not preferred. Yeah, it, it, I think it should be both. Yeah. I think he, I, I, I really believe that their plan is to play Laporte and Stones more regularly than any other combo. Company's situation, maybe they save them for Champions League, but for the yeah. amount of investment they put into Laporte and Stones, I can't, I really can't see them playing Otamendi over them. I mean, Otamendi is, he's nothing to sneeze at. He's like, I mean, he, he's a, I don't want to call him an elite defender. He's whatever the step below that is. Almost elite. Yeah. I agree. He's very good. But they spent like 120 million pounds on these two guys. Yeah, but I, I, that's just market price. It, 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 they like, set the market. Uh, that's not market price. I, 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 I hear it all the time, right? They paid for this person. They, they want to start him. They paid for that person because that's what he costs. Like no, whether no, or not he starts, is I, still I, I totally disagree with you. I, I I disagree with you in in these within these players. Like they cost that because Man City paid that. Nobody that it wasn't market value. It's not like they had to outbid anybody. They paid to make sure the deal got done, and it's just money to them. But that's my point. Because it's, it's just money to them, they can just let it sit. Yeah, yeah. It, see, I disagree they, about that. This is not run like a business, right? Like they're not looking for a return necessarily on the investment in a financial term, right? They're really looking for more competition returns, right? That's, that, that, that's, that's my point. Mean, but 
if well, I'll put it this way, they want someone who performs at whatever they deem as the level of the money they spent, right? If that means that it's the person they spent the money on, good. If someone else improves significantly because they're now being chased by this person, also good too. Who do you think has the most starts in defense for City this year? Laporte. And who's after that? Mendy. The, the center backs. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you just throw actually Kyle Walker because he's now he's a center back now too, right? I'm just kidding. Uh, right, it's another no, player I, that could play instead of Otamendi. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think we learned from the semifinal that he's not a traditional center back. It took Kyle Walker. to know that. It took that long for sure because he looked fine, but when he was actually challenged by the likes of Ivan Perisic, he got exposed a little. Just saying. So who's anyway, the guy who has the second most center back starts for Man City I, this year? I think it's I I think it's Otamendi and Laporte. Okay. They're gonna, they're going to start the way that they finished last season. Now, I mean, if the if the season doesn't start well for Man City, they may make a change. But again, that fixture list is not really going to expose the center back pairing. Yeah. So I, I don't see unless unless Otamendi is not fit after the World Cup, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be in the starting eleven. Okay. Another team that – especially another top six team, uh, especially with the new acquisition of a uh, world-class goalkeeper for world-class money. Uh, the broke, they broke the transfer record for goalkeepers, 67 million pound Ali Son going to Liverpool, and that defense looks like it's going to be pretty heavily owned now as well. <laughs> um, I think – and I, um, I really struggle saying this. I want you to appreciate that I, I struggle with this. Um, you were absolutely right about Andrew Robertson. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I will take my victory lap for the next 38 weeks. Uh, I think it's very clear that he's going to be the starter. Yeah. Uh, he's very expensive. Uh, and I think really the situation at right back is what will kind of decide it because everyone looks at uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold at 5.0 and locks him in. And uh, while he he's very good, um, I don't, I'm not 100% convinced that that job is his. It's only because of price that he's selected by more uh, more teams than Robertson. Robertson's at 16.4, and Alexander is at, Alexander Arnold's at 18. Yeah, well, right? it's it's not a huge difference anyway, but it's only because of the one million in price, yeah. which is significant. Yep. Um, do you think Nathaniel Klein has any chance at winning that job? No. Really? No. I None. Don't. Wow. Okay. You, you would you like to know why? Sure. Because in the same national team, he didn't win that job. <laughs> you know I mean, what I he mean? Wasn't, like, I mean, he was hurt he wasn't in, last year. It's not what, uh, that's fine, but he wasn't. He, he didn't even warrant an invite. Yeah, he, but he was hurt for too long. Like the, and you can. I, I'm willing to accept that. Like, oh no, he's like his back will never be the same. But I can't accept that he didn't make the national team because he's not as good. Like he literally could not play last year because he was hurt. Yeah, um, that's all. I agree. I agree. Uh, I I mean okay. I agree that yeah, I agree that it was only because he was hurt. But Trent Alexander Arnold for two reasons: one, he did the job well last year; two, he's their future at okay. that position. He's he's their future, and also if you want to make it even more macro, he's the country's future. Sure, at the position. I mean, and he's and really he's it's performed, not uh, as watch much as yourself, I'd like Mike, to watch say, yourself. As much as I'd like to say it. Trent Alexander Arnold has a higher ceiling than Kieran Trippier. Wow. Okay. I, don't get me wrong. I'm taking it, Trippier okay. this year before Trent Alexander Arnold, but those, I mean, I think those years are numbered. Okay. 
Trent Alexander Arnold, by the way, he I mean, wasn't he supposed to be the next like number ten or next winger for for Liverpool? Like he's just kind of found his home at right back. I don't know. Like I believe he was supposed to play more centrally, more of an attacking role, but he's just kind of found his way here. That happens. And, and because I mean, what I'm saying is because he has the roots of you know a really talented attacker and who's much more mobile than Kieran Trippier. That's because mm, Trippier is reason. just such a lockdown defender himself. <laughs> so you like Here, Robertson more than Van Dyke? Um, I like them very equally. Okay. Um, Van Dyke, I think Van Dyke's going to have a much better overall year, but I think it's going to be tra- it's gonna, I think it's going to translate more in real life than it is in uh, fantasy life. Uh, I'll tell you why. Um, the, one of the underrated aspects of Allison uh, or Allison, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, one of the underrated aspects of his game is his distribution with his feet. And what happened last year a lot is to build out from the back, which is what Jurgen Klopp likes to do. Loris Karius is not good with his feet. He's not good with – actually now he's not good with most of his appendages. But he would depend on getting the ball to Van Dyke, who was then had to turn around and find the right pass from there. And – Teams were teams who pressed Liverpool pressed that pass every single time, and that became a problem trying to build out from the back. This season, they don't teams won't have that option as much because Alisson will just put it right over the presser's head and just move it along to the midfield. And that's, I mean, that and the fact that he can stop a lot of shots and he's big and he commands the six-yard box. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why you should sign uh, Allison as a goalkeeper, but. That, I think, is the most underrated aspect of it all. I think it's going to have a lot of real-life implications as well. Okay. That's fair. So, I mean, I mean, but also the Liverpool fixtures. Home West Ham, at Crystal Palace, home Brighton, at Leicester, and then at Spurs. That will it be gets hard. a little ugly after that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at least your initial run, like, your initial, like, like I, I've only first looked at, like, the first three, four weeks. Like that might be too small for some. That's what I'm banking on at least so I can build up those free, tra- at least get, you know, try, try to get, try to have as few transfers as necessary in the first three weeks. I mean, it's not like you keep rolling them. You only get two. I mean, you'll max out at two anyway. Yeah. But, you know, but, but if I use, but I don't want to use one in the first week, I want to get to two. So I, if I, if something disastrous happens, I can be flexible. Sure. I think the most important Liverpool question is whether or not you have Mohamed Salah. Uh, that would be the that would be the most. I think that's going to be one of the two most popular questions. The other one being Firmino, which me which says to me I want to I want Mane as the differential. That's the that's my maybe my DFS mind coming into play. Like give me Mane because everyone else is going to be on the other two. I'll zag. Um. Okay. But I mean, a midfielder at this—it's a midfielder at nine-five who is a forward. In mm-hmm. all shapes, all shapes and forms, he's mm-hmm. a forward. Like I'll, I'll put it to you this way: um, I'm assuming I'm. I think the answer is still Firmino. But if both Mane and Firmino were forwards at nine point five, I think you're probably still taking Firmino. But I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion. I, I don't even think about it. Okay, then it is. Okay, never mind then. Um, I'm so, not saying like Mane's a bad player, but um, just in terms of pure like goals and assists, I think Firmino is better. Gotcha. All right, we've kind of focused on like the, you didn't, the bigger you didn't answer plus. the Salah question though. Do you have him in any team? 
Yeah, in one. Okay. In the team that I picked Kane, Salah, and Lukaku. Like, that's oh, so it. he's like in a big three. Yeah, he's in a big three. Okay. I did not put, I did not make a team that featured him. Okay. Not interested. Uh, because, because that means I'm going to have to nail every other pick to be different enough to win. And I don't trust myself to be able to do that. <laughs> I think you, know you I mean? should. Uh, also, okay. I don't. I also don't think he repeats what he did last year. Like that. That, that that's not a really. That's not a thin branch to yeah, go out and flip on. Yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But forty six point five percent. That is that is high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a really high ownership at thirteen flat, which means you're likely going to be picking from the same budget players as well. Uh, I believe I read somewhere that if he had. A twenty percent reduction in production, a reduction in production. I did say that. Yeah. Um, he's still by far the top player. Uh, that's assuming that no one increases their production. I, I mean, we had a thirty goal campaign from Harry Kane, and Salah like destroyed him. Yeah, but uh, as an Arsenal fan, I'm assuming you took notice to Obama Yang's end of the season. I did. Uh, pace that out. <laughs> it's, it's weeks. yeah i mean it's still it's not even comparison every salah goal counts more than kane goal too that's and obama goals. right yeah. no, uh, fair all fair um yeah it, it, it's just it, it's such a I, i'm so rooted in other scoring systems in especially in a different mindset of dfs when i see nearly half ownership i'm going the other way i get it it's different- just it, how different is your line? Would do you think your lineup is uh, to build it to win this game or to beat me? To beat? Uh, well, I mean, if we're doing a draft league, no, 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 just just to beat just to beat you. Yeah, like how different is your team? Uh, I'm not gonna change after week one, but when I see your week one lineup, I'm gonna I'm gonna reconfigure. Yeah, but, you, but you can't really. Like, there's uh, only so much you can do. I mean, there could it could be to the point where I use the wild card week two. You know what I mean? Like I could do it. Sure. It's not smart, but I could do it. <laughs> okay. I mean, to beat, I, mean, I would use the information of what's your lineup if I was just trying to beat you. Mm-hmm. It, it would be it would be more about who do you have versus who do I have. It's more about who I have versus who you think are the best plays. Correct. Okay. Because I, because I'm not trying to beat anybody else. I'm just trying to beat you. Right, but beating me doesn't mean you need eleven different starters. It's not to say there's not overlap. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to say I'm going to pick eleven completely different players, or that I'm not going to be like other managers. But I'm going to take tailor a strategy to beat only your lineup. Uh, and if I have Salah, how I'm do you... very unlike, very unlikely to have him. And how do you counter it though? That's a good question. So I've done a couple of different strategies uh, that don't have. So I, I've even done strategies where, you know, I, you know, I looked at having five good defenders or four, or really four good defenders and a good bench defender okay. to make sure that I get at least, you know, a solid twelve points, 12, 12 15 points every week. Right, right? which could be yeah. three points also, but or five, it could. four points, five points. Yep, it it could. Yep, you know, I I, I understand your point. Um, but I mean, those are the kind of things where when I look at forward scoring, you know, it's consistency purposes versus defender consistency. Um, read a couple of articles over the off season that, you know, defenders are pretty consistent in scoring, but they're not very, they don't, they don't have a high ceiling. Yep. You know, it's, but you know, if you build, if you, 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like I read what you wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you if you select the right core, and they don't have to be high price defenders, but they don't they they're unlikely going to be four flat defenders, right? Uh, if you get the right core of defenders in there, and then you balance out between your midfield and your forwards, and you, know, you spend you know one or two, you know higher price forwards, but you you nail the mid price guys basically. Golden. Yeah, sure. th- th- that's really the situation. So I mean, when I looked at you know strategies where I just have like two really good defenders, it's 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 Mendy and Robertson. Those are my guys. Yeah, yeah. And then you know I'll, I'll I'll and then of course the the budget defenders that I've looked at a lot, um, and so is everybody else is Charlie Daniels and Cedric. As soon as I saw as soon as the FPL game was released, I looked at the four point five and four flat defenders. I'm like, why is Cedric four and a half? At, and Charlie Daniels, why is he four and a half? Like I, I don't, I did, I just didn't understand it. Um, you know, emotionally, DeAndre Yedlin too, four and a half. But Newcastle's fixture list first six weeks, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. You know, DeAndre Yedlin is the right price, but I have a funny feeling that by the time that I'm really interested in potentially playing him, he'll be at four point four or four point three. Yeah. Yeah. Tottenham, Cardiff, Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal. Others. But they, they play everybody. Five. Yeah. They play everybody. I think they play the top six teams in the first eight weeks, something like that. Yeah, they, they, they play. They play everybody. So it, it's just it's just not a good time. You know, it's the right it's the right player at the right price. I mean, even when you look at guys like Matt Ritchie in the midfield, who's six flat, that's the same price as Yannick Bellassi, who's very, you know, let's be honest, right? You know, Yannick Bellassi unlikely to play. Um, do, you, do you know why Cedric is so cheap? I mean, Southampton were terrible, but he he's also not and, that good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a fantasy player, he's not that. Yeah, good. he hasn't been that good. I think that's because of the coaching, not because of him. Um, Fair. Yeah, I mean, if you want to say that Mark Hughes turns him around, that's that's all. Oh, no, it's know. it's a very solid point. But it, it, I mean, he's the. I think he's in the top ten of ownership already, Cedric. Um, he might be. So. He's fifteen percent. Seven. Yeah, that's seven. That's good for seven. Yeah. Angie, right behind Andrew Robertson. Right. <laughs> And in front of, you know, Cesar Azpilicueta, who is a Chelsea, by the way, I am not interested in the Chelsea defense and goalkeeping situation uh, until I see it. Yeah, that's all. I mean, not interested. Cedric not and, interested. and uh, Charlie Daniels are all like, oh, I know that guy and he's cheap. Like, that's all it is. Yeah, but there, I mean, do, are you going to start them every week? Uh, very strongly unlikely. But as a 4.5 bench bench defender, you can do a lot worse. Okay. I mean, I I think some people are gravitating to Sanka, sure, uh, uh, from Huddersfield. I mean, they're they're they're, de- they're not defensive though. Like I'm not too, I'm not too intrigued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's my favorite yeah, I, one, which I, I'm scrolling down, so he's actually not nearly as owned as he is apparently on my Twitter feed. Um, people love Patrick Van Anholt this year. That's because he started an FPL mini league of his own. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. That's the only reason. Hmm. But I, at a at a lower price, someone who I'm way more interested, James Tarkowski or Ben Me. Sure. Way more interested in those. I think you say James Tompkins sticking with Crystal Palace. Well, I would actually, I would, I would, I would. I mean, I'm not going to shy away from Mama Dusako. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with Mama Dusako. I do not like. I, mean, I don't. I don't particularly like Van Anholt, and I don't. I haven't actually looked at. The Crystal Palace pricing yet, but I'm gonna do that right now. He's the uh, but he's the most but, expensive one. Yeah, I mean Van Onholt being you know half a million more than everybody else. No pass, yeah. and a full million more than Tompkins. Yeah, yeah if pass. Tompkins starts, whoever starts next to Sacco is obviously up in the air because 
Everybody else is four and a half or four. Yeah, pass. <laughs> I agree. I agree. One hundred percent passing all the way. Uh, I mean, a lot of people. If you want to stick with Crystal Palace, I think that probably the most popular player is after Zaha is going to be Milivojevic. <sighs> Great. <laughs> Your favorite player yeah. in the world, and it is. Yep, it's actually Julian Speroni. Oh well, the four point they... backup keeper for Crystal Palace. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, as a, as a backup keeper, that's not a good idea. Yeah. Unless, unless your other goalkeeper is one of the other Palace goalkeepers. How many goals does Milivojevic have this year? Five. All penalties. Five. You know how many he had last year? Six. Ten. <laughs> Ten goals for that guy. Yeah, I'm still sticking with five. Ugh. Well, and also, I mean, to be honest, Wilfred Zaha, I believe I read in the papers that he's asked out. Of Palace. I'm sure somebody dropped a contract in front of him that paid him a lot more. Yeah, probably Tottenham. And that'll ruin Wilfred Saha. That'll be the end. That'll be the last time we speak of Wilfred Saha. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it, it, but if, Zaha, by the way, if, but one thing to note about Crystal Palace and this, this abnormality in Luka Milivojevic, if Wilfred Zaha has gone, Milivojevic is useless as well. Because Zaha is the one who likely, it was, yeah, it wasn't only Zaha, but I see what you, I know what you're saying. Yeah, he's gonna draw most of them, and you take that away. You take the you take the penalty opportunities away from Milivojevic. You take away his value. Who scores more goals this year, Luka Milivojevic or Christian Benteke? That's a great question. <laughs> oh, that's a phenomenal question, and that is why that is why both of them. That that's a great statement about both of them. Ugh. I'm gonna say Benteke. Like but six, I'm not four, confident. Or is it but like... I'm not confident. Yeah, like it's it's like a Gabby Adini versus uh, Shane Long comparison. <laughs> you don't really want either. It's like it's like which it's like which disease would you want? You know what I mean? Like right. you don't want any of them, but which one's going to hurt less? Yeah, they're the same price. <laughs> At different, well, which, At wait, different positions, yeah, but they're the same. Oh, yeah, price. you yeah, get yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, to me, I mean, to me, like the 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 lineup that I've you know, I, I've hit submit on the one that I'm actually in right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the three defenders that I'm going to have are Robertson, Mendy, and Tarkowski every week with, mm-hmm. you know, with Cedric and Daniels on the bench. Okay. Uh, you know, I think the, for somebody who uh, thinks about ownership so much to have so many high-owned defenders, I mean, yeah. maybe it's because you just think you'll make it up elsewhere. Uh, yeah, bingo. Yeah. Uh, you know, because yeah, I because I do not believe I'm look. I got I got to relook at the number. I haven't updated. Um, just what my thoughts are on the percentages and everything are, but I don't think Alexis Sanchez is going to be very highly owned. For example, he is not. Uh, I mean, based on what he did last year, he shouldn't. Um, that being said, uh, Jose Mourinho made it clear uh, the other day that he's going to start the season with um, Alexis, Martial, and Mata. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that means Alexis is in the middle. Yeah. Yep. Which I'm. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that as well. I, all I, I I I can get behind that. Yeah. I mean, another player who I don't think is going to be very popular because you know recency bias is Mesut Ozil. Mm-hmm. I think and that's he, okay. Yeah. yeah, I know you think that's okay. You hate him. Uh, I don't I mean, hate I, him. I just think he's a terrible fantasy option. Well, see, if here's my reasoning: if Obama, because of how well Obama Yang did at the end of the season, someone's going to have to get him the ball. Yeah. Right. He's not doing it himself. Yeah, and no, I agree. He's a guy who likes to do that. Yeah, you know, and so does Mkhitaryan. 
right? It was a million and a half less. But again, this is me zagging when other people are zigging. Yeah, that's and I, I had the money, and Mesut Ozil is the he's the guy. If you want to use the same salary th- uh, thing that we talked about earlier, he's the guy who got paid. You know, he got a nice contract, and they're they, I think they want to build around him. Yeah. Um, he got a contract from a guy who's no longer there. So I'm that's not, correct. Yeah. It's also correct. I'm, I'm more does confident the, in Ramsey than board, I am. Does the board hand those out at Arsenal though? I have no, no, well, Isn't no, it, the, it was Wenger. That makes decisions? No, 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 it was Wenger. Now that board makes it, but I think it's Ramsey. I think Ramsey's the guy you want, not Ozil. Uh, I, I just, I have, I, I just have a personal thing. I, I just don't like Aaron Ramsey. I know that the numbers uh-huh. dictate I should, you know, but, but I, I mean, you know, you know there are other guys too. I mean, but I mean, basically, I'm I'm banking a lot on Sanctosun being good, you know, this year, because I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him. And you know, Firmino is going to be have, obviously heavily owned. But you know, my my construction is really is differentiating myself in the midfield with my higher price midfielders. That's I mean, it. Tosun is the seventh most owned yeah. forward. Who's, he's a forward. I'm not differentiating there. Firmino's oh. probably the. Yeah, I think he's fifth. Or he's fourth. first. Firmino. Oh, Firmino's first now. Yeah. Cool. So that's changed since I last wrote it. Yeah. But because it, it was Kane, I think it was Kane, Aubameyang, and then Firmino before. Right. It's now not, it's Firmino, Kane, Zaha, Aubameyang, Arnautovic, Lukaku, Tosun. Yeah. No. That, and then Aguero, which is dangerous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean. And all of this also can change, you know, my opinion could change as well as far as who I'm, because there's still some dominoes yet to fall in transfers. The biggest one when I'm talking about, you know, top six players that make a difference, Gonzalo Higuain. <laughs> you, you joke, you joke, but he, he looked his fittest under the manager that Chelsea currently have. Do you have, um, like... Do you, would you pay eleven five for him? That's the uh, it all. Of course, it depends on pricing. Uh, I mean, th- th- a- a- Allison at five five, I think is a steal too. By the way, the, like as far as the new the new guys that came in. Um, yeah, I mean that's just like a team price though. Like, it's fair. It's fair. Like the top one is is De Gea, and then kind of everyone else is behind. So it's not like he's that. I mean, he's expensive still for a keeper, but um, yeah, I don't think. You're playing. You're paying more than ten for Iguain, and like, meaning I think he'll cost more than that. But I don't think you would actually do it. Um, since we have no structure to this podcast, and we're now almost in an hour, uh, I want to. We'll probably have a more in-depth discussion about this later. But I want to find out if there are any promoted players on your team. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a couple on uh, on multiple iterations of teams. Like there are guys from promoted teams that I that whether I like them is different than whether I think that they're useful, right? It, you know, guys like Willie Bowley on, um, on wolves, for example, uh, as a 4.5 defender, I think that's useful. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, just, I, I, John Michael Sari, who came in for Fulham at five, five, whoo, <laughs> like that's, uh, that this is an assist maker. Like this yeah. is, uh, and he'll, and he'll get the, any, if there are bonus points to be issued out for total passes for Fulham, he's going to get a lot of them. I almost feel bad for him. I mean, like all, there was Arsenal talk about him last year. And then it was like, Oh, maybe he's actually going to Barcelona. And then it's like, wait, where did he end up? Yeah. Well, that's I, not the it, Fulham guy. I thought you were going to say though. Well, I know everyone's, everyone's in on Sessegnon. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, uh, I don't feel like I need to mention 
Sessignon, but he's there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. You know, he's. I think he'll. I think he'll be good. Everyone's in on Ruben Neves, which I think is completely overrated um, because of his price. You know, I I get it, but eh. You know, I'm not. I'm not too. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to be the one who takes a defensive midfielder who doesn't do any scoring. Okay. Even if even if he's that priced. That's fair. Uh, I mean, guy. I mean, guys that I guys that I've liked in the past. I mean, just from what I've seen from them on other teams. Yeah. I'm try. I mean, I'm really trying with Cardiff. I mean, there's really not much here to like from the preseason. Like, uh, I don't see like because basically I had this similar thought with um, with Brighton last year, and I'm trying to find like the Pascal Gross on this team, mm-hmm. and I just on Cardiff, yeah. I just I, I, I'm I'm not going to guess it correctly. Yeah, that's, the, that, um, that's the way that I'll put it. I just wanted to bring up. I think um, Diogo is it Jota. Yeah, Yota, Jota. I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna be like the fox, uh, uh the fox played by play guys, and not no pronunciation. Oh, um, I only assume it's Jota because it's not. He's not Spanish, or some sort is, of. Latin. He's a Portuguese. Is it Portuguese? Yes. Um, the whole team is Portuguese, basically. Um, but the he's the one I want from Wolves. I speaking of like the promoted teams and and Wolves really. Well, Rui um, Patricio is interesting. Yep. Uh, I agree. Uh, but the way that I have been looking at the promoted teams, uh, not the way, but I've been looking at it, but looking at the promoted teams, um, Wolves uh, have a better chance to win the Premier League than uh, 12 other teams. So, like, literally the only teams with better odds to win the Premier League, they're not going to win the Premier League. But it gives you an idea of how you how bookmakers think the the table will play out. It's Man City, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, Everton, and Wolves. And so that's ahead of Leicester, ahead of Southampton. Like this is they're they're a promoted team, but they are very good and they're run like a Premier League team already. Yeah, I mean, they, I think they, I think they led both in goals for and uh, yes. goals against. Yes. Uh, they, they, they tied it, in goals allowed with Cardiff. Yeah. Cardiff yeah. doesn't score though. Cardiff is picked dead last, and it's not even close. Like they're the, they have odds to win the league and odds to be relegated, obviously. And Man City have the best odds to win the league, and the next best odds, just in terms of like what you can bet on, or the really the worst odds, is Cardiff to be relegated. <laughs> they, have, they have a so Man City has a sixty three ish per sixty four ish percent chance to win the league, and Cardiff is at fifty eight percent to be relegated, and the next highest odd is Liverpool to win the Premier League at sixteen and a half percent. Gun to my head for Cardiff, if I had to pick some kind of attacking option, it would be Junior Hoylet. Sure, but that's gun to my head. Like I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, defenders take your pick, but I mean, I, Sean Morrison is the most expensive at five flat, which seems high to me. Yeah, the, I mean, Neil Etheridge is going to be. I, I've read multiple times now. Neil Etheridge is their goalie. Um, I've read multiple times that like, no, 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 he's this year's Lucas Fabianski, like the the terrible team, but he makes so many saves that like he's going to be an elite um, goalkeeper option, like Fabianski. Obviously, with Swansea got relegated last year. He's with West Ham now. They got relegated, and he finished third in goalkeeper points. But 
And so everyone was like, well, Cardiff's terrible. And so that he's going to be the, like, I'm not touching that. I want no part of Cardiff at all. Unless there's a stretch where they like, unless there's a stretch where they don't play a bunch of good teams, but they every even team still, they play even, even, sti- even still, that's the reason why that's so risky, right? A team that plays a lot of defense against another team that's not very good. You're that means you're really banking on the clean sheet because you won't be able to buffer it with saves. Right. That's all that means to me. So like when like their first game is at Burnmouth, right? Burnmouth do like to possess the ball. Cardiff will sit back. I'm just going to assume this. Uh, I don't think Burnmouth will put enough shots on target where it's worth it versus in target. Well, the the way I'm looking at it is Cardiff, like the certain games where they're playing the lesser teams, like well, they the first have three to games, win. The first three games of the season at Burnmouth, home to Newcastle, at Huddersfield. Yeah. And then they're home against Arsenal, oh, at Chelsea. Then it gets, te- then it gets terrible. Right. Then it like gets horrible. Horrible. And so it's like, I I just don't see... I mean, obviously the path is he has to make a like a boatload of saves. Fabianski led the league in saves last year. Um, and actually, did he? No, he didn't. Pick for, or uh, Butlin did. He leads for whoever's left. But like you have to make a lot of saves to make up for the lack of clean sheets. Which, again, I, is possible because we saw it with Fabianski last year. But I just uh, – I'm going to try to find my points with teams that are actually good. Yeah, I mean, I've gravitated towards John Michael Sari as my promoted guy. Okay. What I also think is fun, what I think is really fun, is that Fulham only has one forward. Yeah. Listed. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are going – I mean, a lot of people like Tom Carney. Yep. Uh, I don't penalties. get it. He's Luka Milivojevic. Yeah, I don't get it. That's why. Yeah, uh, He's going to score yeah. 10 goals this year, Mike. Well, I'm assuming that Fulham are eventually going to complete a deal for Mitrovic. Just to conti- have the continuity from last year. Sure. So I think that'll be their forward going into the yes. season. just not there yet. Yeah. Um, that's why they only have yeah. uh, Abu Bakar Kamara yeah. as their – which is – I think he's just Abu Bakar. I'm not positive on the name itself. He drops but the Kamara? That's too bad. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one he drops. But – I'm also thinking. Oh no, I'm thinking about somebody else. Never mind. It is his last name is Kamara. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But Kearney is like that's, he's like the set piece taking, central midfielder, that sometimes pays off like it does with Milivojevic. Yeah, I'll take. Oh, I'm not sure if that's going to be true anymore with Jean Michael Seri. Oh, at least on the set play. Not, the that's non-penalty well, yeah. Set he's on penalties. Kearney. I think he's captain, yeah. isn't he? Sure. I thought he was. Sure. That really does not matter to me. <laughs> but I mean, um, uh, another American makes the league. Tim Ream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something. You can go get him. Nope. Nope. But the one thing that we did see though is uh, Sassignon did play as a forward. Uh, so he's not in that like left back position that he, we sometimes saw last season mm-hmm. in the in the championship. Yep. So in the preseason so far, Sassignon has been a forward. Yeah. But I'm still going with Jean Michael Sarri as my guy. You're gonna go, and uh, you're still going with uh, Diogo Jota. I believe yes. He was like lining up as a center forward in some friendlies. Yeah, but it, but it, yeah, it's more that I think, I think Wolves are a legit team. Like, yeah, I think I this mean, is well, the beginning of a very long stay in the Premier League if they kind of keep this the way that they're working. I hope so because I love orange uniforms. <laughs> the the I think what. The three promoted teams from last year staying up 
is going to make people very optimistic about these three. And people are like, oh, I know Fulham. And they're like, well, Cardiff is promoted, so they'll stay because. Yeah, no, I, I think Brighton, remember that. I think I think Brighton will be in trouble again. I agree. Uh, well, not again. They weren't really in trouble last year. Uh, they weren't that good, though. At the, uh, I think you know, Huddersfield's going to be in trouble, too. Brighton, Huddersfield, you know, two of those three, I think, of the promoted teams last year will be in trouble. Uh, Southampton, of course, are still going to be in trouble. Um, you know, there's a very good opportunity for Wolves to be like Brighton last year, just be solid. No, I think and, they're, see, I think they're better than that. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, we all say, especially like what we all get excited, right, because of all the numbers that they put up in the championship, but the difference, especially defensively in the Premier League, it, it's it's astonishing. I, I think. I understand that line of thinking, and mine is actually less that, and more how the club is run. Oh, fair, fair. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not going to bet on Wolves to get promoted. You know, I, I would be, I, I would, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not. In fact, I would pick four or five teams probably before them at least. You know, but uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to give off the impression that I think Wolves are in trouble this season for relegation. But I don't think that they are going to be. You know, like this super high-performing fantasy team. Like, I think they might grind out results in real life, which will look solid in appearance because they are a solid team. But it, it won't necessarily translate to That's Burnley. Uh, yeah, more like I think they might be more like more like Burnley with a slightly better attack. But okay. I do think that they're going to focus on making sure that they are solid defensively before they're solid offensively. Yeah, I, I think they they'll have no problem with that. Like, I think they're is a better chance that they finish in the top 10 than near relegation. I, I'm not, I won't even necessarily disagree with that. I'm just, I caution what that means for fantasy success, right? You know, I'm, I don't think that they're going right. to have like a 20 goal scorer. Right. Or You're like not going to Burnley and grab an Ashley Barnes and Chris no. Wood. No. Well, I mean, Chris Wood, Chris Wood is intriguing because <laughs> he's so inexpensive, right? And he was, he was so, well. Chris Wood was so inexpensive, especially Chris Wood. He was involved in so many of the percentage of the goals when he was really running well, and it's intriguing, you know, as as your third forward, right? Like that's a good bench forward to have. Yeah, I, agree. I, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say no to Chris Wood. That's the way I'll put it. Okay. Like I'm not. I'm not like eh, no, no, definitely not. Like like how I would be about like Alexander Mitrovic, even if he's on Fulham. No, pass. Hmm. Hmm. You would take I've Wood seen, over Mitrovic at the same price? I've seen Mitrovic in the Premier League before with similar talent levels. Pass. That's fair. That's a fair. <laughs> I've seen, I, I've I've watched that movie. I I didn't like how it ended. Okay. Well, on that note, I think that's a good that's a great note to end this first edition of the Premier League uh, podcast here for 2018-2019. Andrew, as always, thank you for bringing the facts and allowing me my opinions. Uh, I I. I promise you I will do 5% better this year, minimum, in uh, F- in the official FPL game. Is that a big I'm jump? Sh- well, I mean, in sheer in sheer numbers, because... From 1% to top 6%? 
<laughs> bottom six percent. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Basically, just the the number is so high because I finished so low last year right. in the so fantasy league. It'll sound really impressive. That's the, the raw number, right? Even if it's five percent. Anyway, I'm actually no. In all seriousness, though, uh, we uh, next time I do think we can talk a little bit more focused on the draft version of the game versus yep. the salary cap. Yep. So we will get we'll catch you next week with more draft focus on the official FPL platform of the RotoWire fantasy soccer podcast we'll talk to you next week thank you so much for joining us thank you for listening to the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast for more great content visit rotowire.com slash soccer this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.